0: Oh my gosh, uh, good evening, happy podcasting day. This is Rachel Vote. this is A Good Girl's Guide too. You should find the link tree in the bio for ways to connect with me. If you are here, you probably already know there's lots of free ways to digest your content. And this is one of them, the podcast, the podcast, the podcast. So whether you are looking to connect about your wealth, your relationships, your mental and physical being, your spirituality and or your purpose, then you're in the right spot. Uh, life coach, intimacy coach, perspective coaching. It's such an umbrella term, but I still, like I was having... A talk with myself today in the car, like just give yourself a friggin title and just run with it already. But it's hard because intimacy coach is definitely what I would call myself, but it's such a term that I think intimidates people. And if you don't know me, then when if I like introduce myself as hi, I'm Rachel Vote, and I'm an intimacy coach, I just think that people are, I don't even know what that means, but I don't want to know. Like they have, I think they assume that I'm only going to be talking about sex and sex toys and things like that. And so, why I would like to just say I'm an intimacy coach, I just don't think that it's a term that people are ready to wildly used so call me whatever you want i guess is better where i was going with that um but today on the podcast we'll be kind of talking a little bit about why i struggle with that in a sense like not specifically so i'm like i <sighs> like to give a tune out no it's actually about creating your own reality so stay tuned for sure because um, we we've talked about this kind of briefly um, we talked about it on a woo level, and um, for some people, I think it was too woo-hoo-y because uh, not all of you were there yet, which is totally fine. So I'm going to bring it back down to the earthly level um, where most of us... Reside anyway in our thoughts, so this hopefully will help this podcast today is gonna to be really great if you're somebody who is struggling with your current reality uh, Meaning maybe you're depressed. Maybe you're anxious. Maybe you're struggle busting with your finances. Maybe um, your relationships aren't fantastic Maybe you are desiring to discover what your purpose is Whatever it, it if anything feels maybe off kilter then this is gonna be a great podcast for you I hope I hope you'll be able to take some things away from this because understanding this concept um accepting this reality of about reality was a game changer for me a game changer, okay? So if you're struggling with anything, you're gonna wanna keep that in the forefront of your brain about like what particular area of your life would you like to kinda smooth out a little bit? What would feel good if it was a little bit more flowy, basically, uh, so that you could bring some more ease to your life, because I think that's what most people are looking for. We're looking for ease and comfort and clarity. Uh, We're definitely looking for fun, but it just obviously depends on what your motivation is. Um, One of my primary values in life is quite literally having fun. I was embarrassed about that for years. Uh, There's a really great tool that I um, have come across on, in a couple of different coaching arenas, I'm sure you might have too, and I know we've talked about this, like it's like your values, um, You're figuring out what you've, your values are. Because when you understand what your values are, you don't really... Um, you don't really veer from them very much in your life. Like your values kind of stay consistent. They might change priorities, they might change focus a little bit, like maybe one of them is a little bit more focused in a season of life than the other, but you don't really tend to deviate. And so that's why it's kind of cool to figure out what your values are because if you know what your values are, you can really kind of align that with your life. And if obviously if you're operating from your values, you're probably going to feel most fulfilled. So that's why this was a game changer for me. But the first couple times I took the it's not a quiz, like you like you get a, a deck of cards and they have a ton of different words on like friendship and community and uh, philanthropy um whatever there's like a, a bazillion different words it's like really 45 and you could probably even google them like john maxwell's value cards or something like they'll at least give you a sneak peek at what some of the words are even if it doesn't give you a peek at what all the cards are anyway the purpose of this is like you start with this 45, uh, and it's difficult because it's like, how can I say that friendship's not important to me? How can I say that philanthropy's not important to me? But one of the most famous phrases that I love, love, love is uh, if everything's important to you, if you stand for everything, then you stand for nothing. Uh, basically, if everything's important to you, then nothing's important to you because you can't have everything be a 100% passion. And that should also be a relieving statement for any of you that might feel like you struggle. Like I know as an ADHD brainer, like my, problem quote unquote is actual guilt guilt feeling like I should be doing it all I should be saving it all I should be giving my time to every organization I should be giving my money to every organization I should be giving my empathy to all humans in every organization and all the things out there and that's very exhausting it's very exhausting it's uh very, it feels very futile because it's like if you only give tiny pieces of each of you I mean if you're giving I mean it's not to say it won't make change by the way I'm just saying but but if you were to take one purpose and really magnify it can you imagine how much change it could have within that community, that organization, whatever, and then to have the ripple effects uh, in that regard. So working from your purpose or de- determining what your purpose is by fine tuning what your values are is going to help with that. Because if you, if it is important to you, which if you're casting your huge net of, uh, out there and you're literally um, like catching all the things to do, to, to care about, to give your time and money to, you know, then more than likely... If you spent a little extra time digging deep into your feelings about each of the things you're giving time to, something probably feels better or more rewarding or more satisfactory or more life-changing or worldly-changing than some of the other things. So take that because you want to make sure that you understand it's not that you're wasting your time doing other things but you're not getting the energetic exchange out of it that you would have intended so when you're being very intentional about that then you can really hone in and focus on the things that you really want to do work with be whatever Uh, so that's really important so when i started taking the we'll call it the quiz right the values quiz um or narrowing it down you know. It's hard because you're like, everything should be important to me, and I feel really guilty if I pick one thing over the other. But it's not to say that, you know, the things aren't important to you. It is, again, just that in your season of life, right now, there's probably something a little more important or potentially just more appealing. You could even just use that word if you wanted to. So anyway, you start with like the 45, you dwindle that down to 30. Once you finally cut out, um, you know, to 30, then you go down to 20, 10, and so on and so forth until you're left with three to five. Um, at my age range and my experience, I kind of stuck with 10, which my coach was like, that's okay, because you know this is new for you. What you're gonna find is that within the next 10 to 15 years, you'll probably start to dwindle that list of 10 down to five. Most people operate from three to five values for the rest of their life. And I will say that as I am now 36 as of last week, I would agree with that. Like when you're young, and especially in your 20s, you know, like anybody in your 30s is gonna tell you, like you think you know it all in your 20s. And it's so hard not to tell somebody in their 20s that they don't know it all. Because you just don't know it all. Like you, it's hard because you're now taking everything that your parents, quote unquote, or p- teachers, caregivers, whomever uh, would have helped to raise you or not raise you. You know, you're taking everything that they gave you, and you're basically running off of your program. And some people go the opposite, right? Like, oh gosh, I can't, I can't ever be the person that raised me, so I'm gonna go the complete opposite. Sure, but majority of us run off of our programming. So in your 20s, you're basically doing that. You're basically running off of what um, other generations told you to do. But you're also figuring out that that doesn't all sit right. Some of us do. So uh, the point I was trying to make was that, you know, like where I'm at in my 30s now is like, I try to like question in my brain. Like, is this that I'm getting old, a cliche cultural scenario, or is it that I'm becoming more wise? And I think that both can be true of any individual, but I think that there's kind of different camps. Some people do. Some people just grow up and they continue to run the same programming. In their brain others of us we you know uh, we start to hone in on things that become important to us we are able to kind of cut out stuff that's not important to us anymore where we're developing our time or giving our time away spending um, our experiences we kind of figure that out and that's hard because the greater part of the majority of the population in my opinion they continue to do what the masses do so they spend their money on, well, I mean, whatever, I'm not gonna make any assumptions or say that yours yours is wrong and mine's right. It's not what I'm trying to say. I just think that like this this headspace that I'm in is like, is it that I'm getting old that I don't want to go out and party anymore? Or is it because after being 36 years old, and not only have I done the partying thing, but I also find that that's very unfulfilling. Um, I know why I did it at the time. It was an experience, all my friends were doing it, um, and it was just a cultural norm, and that's what I grew up with watching my parents do too. But at the end of the day, um, I felt like crap, you know, afterwards, but as you start to age, it, it becomes less about fun and experience and joking around and whatever, and more about masking your emotions and hiding your feelings without necessarily even knowing it, um, and avoidance, basically, you're avoiding anything your boring life, your cheating spouse, your bankrupt pending bankruptcy. You're avoiding all of that by using something. It doesn't have to necessarily be partying alcohol, by the way. But it's just, it, so that's just something to think about as you start to age. Because I think that it's a little bit of both. And at least for myself, because I have been actively trying to, not trying, because I am. Uh, I'm, I've been actively, personally growing. it It's, I like this. Like, I, I don't feel like I'm becoming old and cranky and turn on your music kids. My son is actually in the basement right now, banging on his uh, drum set. It's more about contentment and being able to fine tune the things that I want to be a part of my life and also being okay with that uh, in the best way possible. Like feeling like I need less to feel accomplished or content or whatever. So anyway, the reason all of that is so important, right, is because the the value that I knew was like important to me for a very long time I knew it was having fun. I knew it was having fun. But the adult in me, the aspiring professional in me, the aspiring entrepreneur, the aspiring coach in me was like, you can't have fun as your top three values nobody will take you seriously because you're supposed to be an adult nobody will take you seriously because you're trying to be a business owner so it was like i would hold on to that card but it never would make it into my top three to five and until recently i would say within the last year it was finally that i just was like why am i avoiding that like i just need to adopt it it's just it's fine like fine if some adults will think that i'm this or that or i'm not professional. Okay, I probably won't wanna do business with people who are pretty uptight. There's nothing wrong with being very, very, very professional to a T. It ain't gonna fit for me. And I should have known that from the beginning as somebody who couldn't work a nine to five and somebody that sells sex toys for a living for 10 years, right? So that should be okay, right? So I just wanted to give that to you because it was such a dichotomy that I struggled with because it was a convinced belief that I'd given to myself that I should be showing up and doing things a certain way Because I needed or wanted to be accepted. And the value that I was bringing to the table on my own in terms of feeling good, feeling fulfilled, acting from my purpose as I was believing that I was. I was trying to diminish and turn that down because the way that I was getting there through fun I was worried people were gonna be judging me, which is also kind of bizarre because anybody who's listening to this, you're probably like, Rachel, you're always fun, you know? And that's not a fucking act. Like if I'm being goofy in my stories, if I'm posting silly things on um, Facebook or in my VIP page, you know, if I'm acting like a sex swing is a yoga swing, that's like, that's who I want to be. Like, I want to make you laugh and I want, I, I don't want to laugh at people, but I want us to be laughing together. So, you know, it seems pretty asinine as I'm openly digesting this on this podcast that I would say that I had such a problem accepting that fun is a value of mine, but it seemed immature. It seemed like it would only hinder my success if I was trying to act from a place of fun, that I couldn't be taken seriously and I couldn't be a, a serious business owner. So I share this with you because, um, uh, this conversation I wanna have today is that adopting my value, living within my value, doing all this other personal work that I've been talking about through the podcast, through all of my other platforms in general the last three to five years is that I am creating this reality, all right? and. I didn't know that I had the ability to create my own reality until like two or three years ago, and it was still kind of a hard concept to understand. It felt very high level and woo hooey. That if I if I said it out loud, if I talked about it, people would think I was crazy. Um, and and the nice thing is, is I I'm I'm a little bit glad that I did keep it close to the chest and I did talk about it a little bit, but not to a full extent. I'm glad I kept it a little close to the chest because it was so new for me. It would have been like. A toddler trying to teach grown adults how to speak English, you know, like it just wouldn't have come out. Like my tools were not fine tuned quite yet. My understanding it was just so toddler like, like brand new, fresh eyes that you know it was that I probably didn't fully understand it anyway. So I'm gonna give you the woohooey of it, but then I'm gonna give you um, maybe maybe more of a tangible way. To understand how you are quite literally creating your own, own reality and how you're going to, I'm going to prove to you that you know it's true. I'm just going to tell you right now because you've been watching me do it. Don't act like you haven't. There's a reason why you're listening to the podcast, right? There's a reason why, even if you didn't know me three to five years ago when I was 250 pounds, <coughs> excuse me. Um, switching in and out of depression and anxiety and depression anxiety depression anxiety Uh, I ain't got my shit 100% corrected yet but my point is is that even if you didn't know me then there's something that resonates with you now and that's why you listen and the people who did know me before can be some sometimes shocked that I'm not the same person I'm sure of it but at the same same time there's other times where they're gonna go that's exactly the Rachel that I've always known so it's quite beautiful excuse me and crazy at the same time so I share this with you because you've been watching me cultivate my reality. I'm trying to teach you how to cultivate your own reality by you watching me do it first, okay? Because my tools are still new, right? Even though I've been alive for 36 years, I've only been actively participating in my own life structure for like five. So I still am very brand new to this, but you might be more brand new than I am. So just watching me do it is okay, uh, but you will be ready soon. If you're not already, you will be ready soon. That's why you are connected to me. That's why you're watching me do it, and that's why I watch other people do it who are farther along in the journey than I am. They've been manifesting and creating their reality intentionally for years and decades, and so that's why I watch them, and you will too. But here's my point, right? In the <clears throat> in the beginning, when I started learning about being able to manifest your reality, it's even that statement sounds woo hoo. It's like manifest your reality. It just sounds like you're waving your hand over a magic box or. A, a magician's hat and blah, 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 it's gonna it's gonna work that way and for a, a brief period I actually did think that it was that w- it was that way like just think your reality and it will come to fruition and um, then for a long time I got stuck on the well, why isn't it working because if I'm thinking about this reality why isn't it actually happening or manifesting okay well the shortcut version uh, is that you've got to have action in your life you can't simply dream your life to uh, reality it doesn't work that way it doesn't work that way, and I wish that it did, uh, but that's a form of avoidance, <laughs> okay? And I've said this before, but from the interpretations that I get from spiritual development books um, is that our purpose as humans, our purpose as human beings on planet Earth is forgiveness. It's to learn how to forgive ourselves, others, the world, all those things. That's our purpose, but while while we are here, we are creators, so, if you are not creating art, love, music, food, if you're not creating anything, then you're going to feel empty. Okay. So, you do need to have both of those things that you're doing. So, that's where the action comes. The creation is action. All right. So, um, one of my favorite human beings that's inspired me to live my best life, uh, when I first learned about like personal development, the way she described it was what it was an aha moment for me was that. Personal development is two forms. It's just like learning how to swim. If you are in a pool, a body of water, and you're only moving one arm, like you're digesting the information, you're doing the podcast, you're reading the books, you're taking the quizzes, you're getting the coaches, whatever, whatever, whatever. You're going to the gym, right? Well, I should say, maybe you sign up for the gym membership is what I'll say, right? That's one arm and movement. That is the understanding of why all these things are important. It's the, whether it's the spiritual side of things or the intellectual side of things, it's all of the reading, all that. That's all it is. Okay. But you can't theoretically learn how to swim if you're only moving one arm, right? You're only going in circles. So your other arm is about action. So you can't just, just, reset my mouth. You can't just digest information. You can't just read about it. You can't just hope about it. You can't just listen about it. You actually have to take those steps. And that is that's that's the I, I feel like I can't say reality of it, but that is the truth of it. That is that is the blueprint to it. Now, a couple of years ago, I was really deep into um, the law of attraction, and so it was you know think a positive thought and positive things will happen to you. Think a negative thought and negative things will happen to you. And you have to be very cautious about uh, your your vocabulary, right? Because you can't say like I don't want debt. I don't want to be fat. Because in the law of attraction. Uh, the 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 universe and God they don't it doesn't speak English the the higher power entity doesn't speak English if that was true everybody would speak English English is a man made concept that we completely created so it does speak emotion and emotion is universal if i don't speak a lick of spanish but i'm sitting in the same room as somebody even if we can't necessarily talk about the weather that person can determine if i'm scared if i'm happy if i feel safe based on my body language and emotion right we all speak emotion so when you say i don't want debt or i don't want to be fat the universe doesn't hear the don'ts and whatever it's feet it's it's feeling theoretically hearing your emotion around how you feel about being fat, how you feel about having debt, and which is probably a lower level feeling emotion, correct? You're probably feeling a little depressed, a little anxious, um, out of your skin, uncomfortable, and those are low level feeling emotions. So if you're feeling those and then you're theoretically praying for those by saying I don't want debt and I don't wanna be fat, then you're just asking the universe to give you more of those low level feeling emotions because it doesn't hear the words. So what? it's as simple sometimes as choosing to change our vocabulary. Instead of saying I don't wanna be fat, You say, I want to be healthy. Instead of saying, I don't want debt, you say, I want to be prosperous, or I want to be secure, or I want to be financially well-off, whatever. You choose a positive statement to it. Now, back in the day, I was blindsided by thinking, okay, so just changing the vocabulary because now it's positive, so now I'm attracting positivity in my life. So yes, theoretically, that's true. But in my opinion, that is where that stops, okay? And what we what we're getting out of the law of attraction is still positive. I'm not gonna say that I don't think it's right or that it's not really happening. I can't say any of that because I don't know. But I I feel in my heart of hearts that there's at least enough truth to it uh, that it's been beneficial to me. And the reason it was beneficial to me is because what it helps for me to do is by choosing to actively change my vocabulary, by choosing to actively change um, my vocabulary leading into not only self-talk but then dealing with another person choosing my vocabulary really meant that I was choosing to pause and then choosing how I wanted to be in that moment as an individual in every single sense of the word, in every single situation and opportunity, right? So even if it wasn't magically woo hoo bringing me positivity, it was helping me to reconstruct the mental mindset that had been running a negative program for too long. My... Autopilot, my monkey mind, I know I've said it so many times, but I'm going to tell you again, when my therapist gave me this amazing opportunity as a challenge to say, have you ever listened to your internal dialogue, excuse me, I challenge you to do it for a weekend, and I had never heard her, never even knew that there was another voice inside the head. It had been so loud for so long, it had been there for so many years that it was the same kind of philosophy as though when you drive home from work, um, you're going home and you get home but you don't really know how you got there because you've done it for so long that you know the route that you can allow yourself to be distracted by other thoughts, other whatever you're doing, to not pay attention to your route home. You know it so well. So you need to be able to construct that theory to your emotions and your habits and your behaviors because they've been happening for so long that they just run in the background. And you need, need, need to hear me when I say that for some of us, you don't think that that's true. You don't think that that's actually happening because of whatever reason. It might be an egotistical thing that you're like, I'm better than that. I have more control over my life. It might be naivete like it was for me because I just didn't know that it was happening. But I hear my heart when I say that if that has ever happened to you, the thing I mentioned about the car, like getting someplace and not really realizing that you got there, how long have you been driving? Okay. So depending on your age range, 15 to 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, whatever, how long have you been alive? Probably longer than you've been driving. So if you have the ability to zone out in a car ride when you've been driving for less years than you have been alive, can you see how real it is that there's got to be stuff that's running in your subconscious it's like background noise of apps on your phone okay so it energetically takes your time but more importantly it drives your behavior because you didn't even know what was going on all right so like i said at the end of the day if the the least i got out of um studying the law of attraction and practicing the law of attraction it was changing my mindset to a positive one because now i can do that i'm not amazingly perfect Doing it yet. Like it doesn't happen 100% of the time. I still have monkey mind who tells me who do you think you are. I still have a monkey mind who says you can't do better than that. I still have a monkey mind that says, see, you gained 10 pounds back. You might as well just let the rest of it come back. You know, like that still happens because again, it's still going to be prevalent mindset. It's the thing that I carried with me for 30 plus years. I've only been working on the positive mindset for five plus years, right? So I have to be gracious and calm and patient with myself Uh, Because I have to be consciously choosing to participate in the clutter that's going on in my brain. That's exhausting. Okay. Now, um, I just said to one of my best friends yesterday, you know, that sometimes when you are in personal development, it is a beast because... It's almost worse sometimes than being asleep or not being aware or not knowing that autopilot thing exists in the back of your brain or your programming or habits or whatever. Because at the end of the day, when that's the case, if you're still asleep, you literally run on autopilot, right? You feel the emotions of negativity. You feel the antidepressant. I'm sorry, you feel depressed, you feel anxious, but you don't know that you're feeling them because you're not paying attention. It's just happening. It's just rolling on the film, right? Right. So it almost sometimes sucks to be more in the awareness mode because now you're actively choosing to feel these things. You're not just allowing them to just wash over you without any awareness to it. You're, oh, okay, I feel that thing happening. I feel that thing rising. I feel that thing, whatever. So you're really, all you're doing in personal development is practicing feeling. Oh my God, it's crazy. But don't let it scare you. It does suck, but at the end of the day, you have to remember, that's the third time I said at the end of the day, but I don't know why I'm on that kick today. Um, like what I talk about is that you can't feel great if you've never felt bad. You can feel good, but if you don't have a bad to compare it to, to come out of and go above good to get to great, you're never going to know. And when that does happen, and every one of us has been in that situation, so we've been broken up with, we've lost a loved one, and we've come out of that. And sometimes for the better and sometimes we feel more than we ever felt before, it's the same philosophy. So just know uh, there's no glass ceiling to good feelings, just so you know. There really isn't and it is a state of mind that it becomes and the state of mind that it becomes is flow, which I've talked about a lot as well. And flow is a beautiful place to be. I feel like I am in flow when I'm on vacation in Colorado, right? Because I know that I have responsibilities, but those are not on the forefront of my brain. I've taken care of those things. I've made sure that I feel secure enough to be able to detach from that. Um, I don't have to worry about paying bills. I don't have to worry about, um, you know, making meals. I don't have to worry about cleaning up after anybody. I just get to be, I literally get to exist. So it's just like a smile on my face from the minute I wake up, from the minute my head hits a pillow in Colorado because it's flow. It's the energy that it feels like just to be. No pressure, just to be. Not to do anything but exist. And when you start to choose a positive mentality, that starts to become more prevalent of a feeling for you more often. So practice makes perfect. Man, just, just, oh, like, oh, what it'll do for your mindset, okay? Uh, So if you don't feel like there's something particularly going your way, what, is, what What are you going to be able to do? How do you start changing your own reality? How are you going to cultivate that reality? So like I said, law of attraction is a great place to start, but you do need to be the person that pulls the trigger on, the, on um, making the action happen. And I believe, at least for myself, I don't know if you can relate to this, but it was like a whole year's gap between recognizing I'm gonna have to start moving to actually moving. It took like a year to convince myself that I was worthy of it, that I was capable of it, that I was making the right decisions. And I will also, I'm gonna backtrack a little bit because like all that thing I just said, it was more so about the decision making than it was ever about the capability because I had already started convincing quote unquote myself to look back at all the things that I had done and rem- remember how capable that I was. Remember that sometimes I didn't know what I was doing but I was going to figure it out. Remember that I often um, was motivated by new things and it felt good to have change in my life and it was new and exciting so not to be scared of that. So. I had bypassed or I had supercharged myself past the, the point in development of the capability aspect. It ironically, and not from a, an ego standpoint, it had never been a problem. It wasn't a belief that I couldn't do things, like that, that was there. But my bigger problem was always about decision making. I had never, as a young woman, as a young child, I had never been empowered to make decisions. I was actually often critiqued very frequently about the decisions that I was making or not making. Uh, And that froze me as an adult uh, until the last year. I remember a coaching class that I was doing with a group of people and it was all mostly men. It was like two or three women. By the end of it, there was only one woman left besides myself. And they were so helpful to me. But I can remember by the end of that coaching session just feeling like I was such a nag you know, they couldn't tell me any other ways about, you just need confidence, Rachel. You need to get confidence. You don't believe in yourself to do this thing. And um, it came out of decision making. I just did not feel capable and I was so paranoid that I was going to make the wrong decision. And so that was the biggest thing for me is that I had to really empower myself to make a decision, number one. Number two, realize that it really wasn't that permanent. Uh, so might as well just give it a go uh, and try it. So that was my biggest thing. And I don't know where that falls maybe for you, but how can you start to cultivate your reality? How can you start working on feeling good about feeling good? How can you start really programming this idea that you truly are writing your own reality? Yes, there are so many other people who are involved in the creation of your reality because you're out here bumping around with millions of other people on planet Earth, billions actually. Uh, so know that, yes, that's going to be a factor, but you are the driving force of your life. And it is sounds crazy and woohoo-y, but let's talk about the real tangible stuff um, that makes it happen, right? So there's this phrase, um, Mike Dooley is such a great author. He writes such fun, fresh, lighthearted stuff about personal development. I highly recommend it. Uh, all of his books, by the way, um, and he talks about living in the matrix, basically, um, and not from a conspiracy theory perspective, but one of my favorite things that he talks about, like his thing is thoughts become things. That's what he will talk about and preach all the time. Thoughts become things. And for a, a while I struggled with that philosophy, I think thoughts become things because it just feels so esoteric, right? Like something out of nowhere turns into something. Okay, so thoughts become things is my Dooley's thing. And one of the things that started to change my mindset and understanding this world that we're living in is that once a thought becomes a thought, it is now possible. So I took it one step back because that made more sense to me, right? It's not that thoughts become things because it, it just manifests out of thin air. It's that once something becomes the thought, it means it's possible, right? So once somebody thought about the fact, I see that birds fly, I bet humans could too if we figured out a way to do it. Now it's become possible, humans can fly. I see that we took um, humans to the moon I bet we could take humans to Mars right Now that it's become a thought it's possible It's not to say that it will happen are people on Mars yet no are they are they are they figuring out how to do it kind of sorta of. and it's been a few years since they started kicking that around right but and it's not here yet but thoughts have now become thing a thought about getting people to Mars has now become a thing So at the base of it it is true thoughts do become things and once a thought becomes thought, it is now something that's possible. So I'm gonna give this to you and I don't know if this will help, but this was something that I love. It's a quote from a book that I read and I've read too many books. I don't even remember where it comes from, but here's how it goes, okay? So this is a um, literal translation of how thoughts become things, okay? Awareness drives the behavior. Behavior changes the thoughts, which then reinforces the speech which drives the action, that then drives the thought again on a virtuous cycle. Okay, so let me break that down for you because for me, like I have to actually see it, and I heard it the first time because it was through an audiobook. But awareness drives your behavior. So awareness, your awareness of who you are, how, um, who you are on planet Earth, what your values are. So the awareness of your identity drives your behavior. If that makes sense, right? Who do I want to be? Who I want to be is how I have to show up. So I have to show up through my behavior, which is also. Um, Moving on, okay. So awareness drives the behavior, behavior changes your thoughts, which is true, right? If I am acting a certain way, it's going to translate to my thoughts, right? Because we just talked about that positive mindset versus negative mindset, okay? So behavior changes the thoughts, which then reinforces the speech, of course, because whatever I'm thinking in my brain, I'm probably going to be saying it out loud in some way, shape or form. It might not be translated exactly. I might be buttering it up for somebody else. I might be like being actually harsher to somebody than I normally would be, whatever. But the thoughts reinforce the speech. So the things I'm saying out loud to other human beings is being driven by my thoughts, of course. So when speech comes out of my mouth, that drives the action. Of course, if I'm going to say something, my body's going to correspond and align with that speech. Well, action is how we show up in the world. It's how we create, right? It's how we co-create with other people. So that then drives the thought again. Once the action is happening, I'm watching myself perform the action. So therefore, my mind is going, I see this thing happening. I'm narrating into my brain. I'm logging in as my memory. So now it's on a virtuous cycle. That was beautiful. I hope you like that because I really like that too. So I want you to think about your current life. And I want you to rate it from a one to ten, okay? And you can do this all the time. Like right now, I feel like I'm just getting back from Colorado. off of my life, my life, my life is at an eight, okay? It was totally at a ten over the weekend. It was like a seven or seven last week before my birthday. Uh, but I feel like I'm at an eight, okay? Have I felt like I? Had a, I mean, I lived my life at a one, two, three probably until five years ago, like consistently, okay? So you don't have to share this with me. So it doesn't even really matter, of course. But where are you going to rate yourself on a one to ten? Um, <clears throat> hopefully not a one. And if, it, if you're a one. You should probably message me. Okay. So where are you at one to 10? Now, how about your inner dialogue? That little monkey mind experiment that I asked you to try uh, for two days. Where are you? Like, where is that? Is that person kind to you? Is that person jumpy? Is that person skittish? Is that, we shouldn't do that? Is that person, you can't do that? Because there's two different types of people in there, right? It could be somebody who's like, I got this. We're doing this together. Let me try to keep you safe versus that, who do you think you are, mind? And that was totally me. So challenge yourself to listen to that inner dialogue. Slow it down and pay attention to the vocab that's coming out that bitch's mouth because she should be your best friend mine was not for sure and we're working on it okay so I'm saying here, if you can't wrap your brain around thoughts becoming things, then I really want you just to look at it from a perspective of your emotional reality, your headspace, right? That's kind of what we've been talking about. That's what we've been talking about because if you can't grasp or you're not ready to think about how you literally are making everything that's happening in front of you happen, then dial it back at least to that headspace, right? Because that inner dialogue, that that autopilot, that monkey mind, that is... That is your internal reality. You are the only person spending time in there and you are the only person that you will literally spend your entire life with, right? So at least look at it from a mental health perspective. Ah, I snuck that in on you, right? Because your emotional reality is, it's something. It is something. And so it's so important that you take some time to really declutter this, to really get clear on the dialogue that's running through it, meditate, pray, whatever you gotta do get in talk therapy, schedule some time with a life coach, you need clarity on that. Like, for me, I know that talk therapy was life-changing for this because it was a place I literally just got to go and word vomit to a third party who had no agenda in my life whatsoever except to just let me vent And I have not been to talk therapy for the better part of two years now. And I miss it tremendously. Uh, But I also have two girlfriends that are perfect for this. This is literally what we do is that, I mean, we are more about motivating and working together and body doubling when we're trying to like build our businesses. But like for instance, yesterday when uh, one of my girlfriends and I got together on Zoom, you know, she's like, Oh my God, tell me all the things about Colorado. And I said, I will. But first I need to do and I needed to get some off my chest. Okay. There was a lot of stuff that it was swirling and I was the stuff that I was like, I know I need to deal with this. I know I need to really, I know it's a mirror for my life right now. I know that this is something I can't escape, but I'm just not ready. So I'm gonna eat this bagel with cream cheese is what I told her. Was cream cheese. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so <clears throat> excuse me. So That's important because it is just a place, same thing that my therapist would do, obviously. I mean, it's great because my friend, who is not a therapist, of course, but has been in therapy, is also personally developing. Sometimes she only gets to just sit there and listen because she might not be able to feel qualified to give me some feedback. But sometimes she tells me exactly what I need to hear. So that's really important in my opinion is that people should have that safe space. I don't ever feel judged for what I'm about to tell her. She knows that sometimes it's just me literally saying it. It doesn't necessarily mean that I mean it exactly how I said it. Um, but it's so much better for me to get it out in a safe space instead of taking out on somebody that I love, um, including myself, by just internalizing it. Okay, so it works for everything. You know, obviously, one of the most important things that I'm using this for is my job right now, which we'll talk a little bit more in a moment. But you could use it for your love life. You could use it for wealth building. You can use it for your spirituality. You could use it for your mental headspace. You could use it for your passion. You could use it for anything. Okay, so the what I wanted to kind of tie this back to you is like I said, is like, like you need to practice your own reality building, of course, okay? But you might not think you are doing it, and you have been all along, by the way. <laughs> that was something that I had to come to reality with too. But if you're like, I don't think that, I don't I don't know, Rachel, I can't get on board with it. <clears throat> That's okay, because you're in my reality. You're building my reality with me, all right? And I just think that this is so cool because I had an epiphany last week on my birthday, ironically, on my 36th birthday, as somebody who doesn't like to sell, and this is something I'm very vocal about, uh, I have been for years, it's not my strong suit. I know that I can sell. I've been recruited by I don't even know how many people. Um, that it's, it's all been sales. All been sales positions. I've never been recruited for a non-sale job. <laughs> I've been I've been recruited to collaborate on other positions, but I'm talking about like an actual nine to five, an actual like high paying job. Uh, that's always been what people recruit me for. So I know that for some reason there's a skill set there about selling, but I don't feel comfortable about it. And I never have because any product that people are trying to quote unquote sell, And I don't think that I've been able to find anything that is mandatory for a happy life. None of it, not even anything that I quote unquote sell as a product, nobody needs it. Because what do we need on earth? We need fuel for our bodies, we need water, and we need shelter to protect us from the elements. Those are what we need, right? Even clothing is a benefit. It's not something that we have to have. And I'm not taking away from anything that you might purchase for sake, I still have product that I sell to people, right? I just want people to have a basic understanding, in my opinion, that everything that we're out there buying is a supplement to our life, okay? Of course, there are um, exceptions that people need types of medication, even through natural um, natural medicine, I was going to say, like herbs and um, essential oils. Of course, of course. Um, so that's not to deter from that. But do we need a Cadillac? Mm, no. Nope. Do we need three houses? Uh, nope. Okay, so that's really kind of where I'm going with that, all right? Since I have always been uncomfortable as somebody who sells product, I feel, I'm going to say I feel blessed as a cliche, but uh, what it truly has been is that because I was uncomfortable selling product to people, what did I do? I created a reality of being a salesperson who doesn't sell. I literally did that. I went out and I told people on any any platform, any chance I could get, I don't want to sell to you. I don't like to sell to you. I don't feel comfortable selling to you. That means I'm probably not going to follow up with you. If you have a problem with your product, I hope that you'll tell me. Um, but more importantly, what I really want to do is I want to build a relationship with you. I want you to know that I care about you because that's what I'm in this for, right? I'm not in this because I think that Uh, I have a magic cure-all bottle for your sex life. I'm in this because when I get to know you, when I get to do a one-to-one consultation, when I get to hear your backstory, when you and I get to continue following up to each other through my VIP page, through one-to-one conversations, through coachings, um, through you listening to this podcast and sending me a message or whatever, that's the shit that matters because I can't make a referral or recommendation to a product that may make a big whopping difference in the bedroom for you if I don't know what's going on in your life. I can make a generalized recommendation based on my experience, of course, and that's helpful because I've been in the business for 10 years, but more importantly, I'm about building relationships. And that is what all salespeople will tell you because that is what people told me when they were trying to teach me how to sell. But not everybody is, and you'll know, and you already know. I think you already can tell the difference for people out there who have a passion for what they're offering versus people who are just trying to sell you on something because they need to make some money. Not even need need to make some money because they want to make some money. So... I literally created a position for myself as somebody who still holds a, well, they call us consultant uh, brand partners. I don't think I know what we are. And in that realm, in that realm as an in home party consultant, right? I'm still selling quote unquote product. But how am I using this and how are you a part of it? Well, my largest struggle around selling is more of a worth problem than it is deception. Okay, that's true right? Because in this existence that we have on planet earth, everybody is selling something, right? Even when you go to the grocery store, you're buying paper products. You're not buying it like directly from a salesperson, but Sharmans shares shit selling it to you. Okay. When you go and buy your Clorox, uh, Procter and Grant Gamble, I don't know who owns Clorox, but that is still a company who is selling something to you. So we live in a world where that is pretty much what we're doing. Goods and services exchange. We are buying and selling things. So that has been my largest struggle, and you can't avoid it. So when I had to understand, like, number one, I have to play the game. I can't jump off the radar. I mean, I could be a stay-at-home mom exclusively, right, and Tony could fund our lives, but he would still be exchanging his services for money, correct? So you can't necessarily get out of the game, and if you can't get out of the game, you might as well learn to play it appropriately in a way that makes you feel good, right? So for me, I had to understand that it was more than just about selling. It had to be, and it was, it had to be that I was, I mean, this is my version, of course, but I didn't feel worthy to sell to people because I was worried about rejection. I'm sure that was a subconscious thought. If they reject me, uh, if they reject my product, they're rejecting me, okay? Um, I will say, of course, all those things I said about like Integra selling and things like that is you don't need my stuff. That all is true, but if I have to play the game, meaning I need your money, I need people's money so that I can fund my life and my help, my home and my the, f- <laughs> the food we buy from the grocery store, that's not something I can argue. I have to have that kind of stuff in this realm, right? So when you have to detach from, okay, so I know I need to make money, but I don't feel comfortable taking people's money. Why is that? Well, that comes down to a worth problem. I don't feel worthy of your money. I don't feel worthy to take that from you, right? So for me, I had to create and cultivate a reality that was going to allow for me to feel comfortable taking people's money. And how did I do that? Well, I'm doing that with you. You're doing that for me. So this epiphany that I had last week on my 36th birthday. Okay. I'm going to save the conversation about, um, like your soul's purpose and reincarnation for a different day. We'll come back to that. But if you're interested, tell me. Okay. Okay. I still never know if that's too woohoo if we can't go that far. Okay. But the bigger picture was really more about, the fact that I get to tell my clients how grateful I am for you, like on a daily basis I do that, but I get to tell you that in my VIP page, I get to tell you that on um, this anchor pl- uh, platform, I get to tell you that on my TikTok, I get to tell you that on, on my Instagram, I get to tell you that all the time. But I get to show you that through the means at which you give me, okay? So I the epiphany was this, yes, people give me their money for things, I don't necessarily want their money for things, but I need their money for housing and food and blah, 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 blah. So I need to find a way to become okay with this. I'm not fully there yet. That's why I give so much away for free because I know it'll be returned to me energetically in another way, but it doesn't change the fact that we need money to play this game of life, okay? So it was like this, oh my God. You know, people I know like to do business with me because of who I am, because I've separated myself as a salesperson, because my hashtag is more than a party, because I get to talk about things that aren't always covered everywhere in school or just in everyday conversation When you're talking about sex and intimacy, for example. My point is, is that you watch what I do and you tell me you love it. You watch the changes I go through and you tell me you can't get enough of it. You watch what I post and you like and you share and you comment and you get into my inboxes and you tell me that is exactly like the things that you're wanting to see in life is that I never thought I'd watch somebody grow. I never thought I'd watch somebody talk about emotions and actually care about it. I never, (laughs) all of these things, okay? So the reason that's so important is because you are funding my life. I mean, we are all theoretically funding each other's lives through all of the services that we're doing, that is true. But my situation is like a direct correlation (laughs) you are literally paying me money and then watching me go out and digest that money into something. So whether it's literally paying for the heat in my house so I can sit here and record this podcast, or if it is um, you know, getting to go on that trip to Colorado and being completely immersed in intimacy for four days with the, the person that I'm closest intimately with, right? Like I'm not gonna come back and tell actual stories of what happened on that weekend, because it doesn't matter. But more importantly, because it's that's not what I'm taking away from that weekend. It's it was the vulnerability that I had in being raw and open with my partner in times, and it was the um, silliness that we had in playing like some silly games or asking each other questions, right? So I'm literally taking that experience that you funded by buying my services and my product and listening to this stuff and sharing with other people, and you watch me go on that trip and grow. Now, not everybody's situation is exactly the same as mine, where you're you're watching that person take the money you gave them and, you know, putting it back into human existence, but that's how I'm doing it, and that's how you're a part of it, and you are going to be continue watching me grow, because, like, let's take, for example, this statement that I've made to the universe about us moving to Colorado, that was hilariousness okay because the about a month or two ago I made a post on Facebook about how it was for real like we as a a family have made this declaration years ago that we were gonna be moving to Colorado um, but we also know that we're not moving for three to five years because we are in a blended family and we want to make sure that that's all on the up and up for being able to have and see our children so three to five years now when I made this post it was not clear that we were not moving for three to five years and people were up in arms in the best way possible so the reason that's important though is because I didn't do that post for any of you I didn't do that post this time around business wise um, as engagement I did that for myself I did that as a declaration to the universe that this thing is happening I did that as a declaration to the universe that the seed had been planted the seed was planted years ago right when the family decided yes we're moving to Colorado but what I did on Facebook that day was I poured water on the planted seed right now, when I was in Colorado, I had three of uh, my fantabulous clients reach out to me, and say, oh my gosh, you're here, i really like to get together with you. Well, unfortunately, that wasn't what my intention of that trip was, right? My intention was to spend some time with my husband. But I had told these ladies, of course I would love to get together with you. Um, what I would love, love, love to do is to go ahead and plan some type of trip a trip where um, it's actually scheduled time to have lunch with these ladies. Um, maybe get to see their city. Maybe they take me shopping. Maybe they get. Um, I get to know the area a little bit. Why? Well, because it builds motherfucking relationships with these amazing women who live in the state that I really want to be in anyway, right? So it's energetically, there's an exchange. I'm not taking from them. They are giving to me for sure, but I'm going to give right back to them in any way, shape, or form that I can. But now the reality, I just got goosebumps, is a little bit more real. It's a little closer, right? It's not just going to happen that five years ago, my husband and I were four, three, three, three to four years ago. My husband and I just said, we're going to be moving to Colorado and it just happens tomorrow, right? That's that law of attraction that I was thinking about. But when I say to my husband, do you want to move to Colorado? And he emphatically says yes without a moment's hesitation. And we both know we're on the same page. The seed was planted. The seed was planted at that time. And when we told our children about it months later that we were making this consideration, well, we knew in our hearts we were moving, but we just didn't want to just like scare them. So anyways, we're them that we're moving to Colorado and they get excited, right? The seed has now been covered with dirt, right? Because it doesn't just happen like that. Now, when I go out and do a party or two in Colorado, I'm still growing that seed. I'm giving it sunlight now because thoughts don't become things magically. They don't manifest out of nowhere. They become things by the actions we take. I thought a thought, I wanna live in Colorado. That thought became a thing by saying it out loud to my husband. That thought grew as a thing for scouting out locations of where to live, for envisioning jobs that we could both take on, right? It's becoming a thing. The thing is not here yet, but it sure shit will be. And you will be right along the journey with me going, I remember when Rachel said she was moving. I remember when Rachel talked about how she loved Colorado. I remember all that and it didn't happen overnight, but you'll forget, I won't, you'll forget to look back and go look at all those things that she did to get to Colorado. And I'm trying to show you so there is physical evidence of thoughts becoming things and me shaping my reality. Now, what's ironic about it is at the end of the day, what does it really look like? It's just me living my life, right? Families up and move places all the time. People decide to up and change jobs all the time. People decide to leave relationships all the time. So I'm theoretically just living life, am I not? But the difference this time around is that it's so unbelievably intentional, I'm cultivating the reality. I know that quitting the job, I know what comes next. I know leaving the relationship, I know what comes next. I know moving, I know what comes next. That's different than just leaving a relationship with having zero idea where you're going to go or um, leaving the job with zero idea where to go. Now, not to say that you shouldn't or can't do those things, by the way, because that is absolutely how Rachel flies by the seat of her pants. That is just like another woohoo lesson for another day. That's about giving up um, resistance and having way more power in the faith that you can't see, which is where I 1000% am just like leaning into right now. So I'll have some things to report back about that. Uh, because that's that's scary, right? That's literally saying, okay, universe, you've got this, which is the same thing as giving your power over God, by the way, uh, I believe in you. You've had my back all these years and I didn't know how I was gonna get through some things, but you've always been there for me and you've always come through and I've survived 100% of the things I didn't think, so I'm gonna go ahead and just say, I don't know what to do about this, but I trust that you're gonna show me. You will give me the answers and you will let me know exactly why it needs to be that way. I believe in you and I trust in you. My goodness, I have to tell you that this is like, as so I said, this is my current practice, it's not easy. It is hard to give up resistance. It is hard to give it up because it is giving up, it's giving up the idea that you have control because you never had control to begin with, (laughs) but it is, it's actively choosing to give up control and that can be scary, but I'm telling you that I've never been let down. I've never been let down by dropping to my knees and saying, I don't know what to do here, show me, or just random roulette uh, universe style. It's always proven to be much more beneficial than any decision that I thought I was gonna be able to make on it so you're a part of this you are watching me shape my capabilities you're watching me change what my belief system is about a a small girl from Lincoln Nebraska grew up in let's say poor to middle-class family um, who doesn't I'm not gonna give you my story but you're watching me reshape what I believe I can do you are watching me work on my worthiness belief the fact that I can have your money, that I can take your money because I'm gonna do good things with your money. And you know that, and I've known that for a long time, but I'm still trying to convince myself of that. My subconscious thinks that having too much money is gonna make me an evil person. Having too much money already makes me an evil person. Um, All these things. So you're watching me change that. You are watching me change that. I have the audacity to take money from other people. From other people. I have the audacity to take money from other people. Uh, that's that's the belief that the biggest belief that I'm working on but you know you're on this journey with me You're funding it. You are watching it happen And you know what I love about that is that it's, it won't change It's not gonna you're not gonna stop buying things from me. You're not gonna stop working with me You're not gonna stop uh, because you you're invested you want to see where I go and you believe in it and you're excited for me And so that's why I'm fully I fully believe that everything's going to happen I know it's going to because I, I believe that I'm moving forward priority wise with the right intention but Don't think that you are only a part of my reality, that you are only a part of funding my reality. You are always in the driver's seat of yours, but you just need to make sure that you're actively choosing to be. You need to be actively paying attention to how you got home on that ride home, right? Like you need to be, and it is so, so good for your mental headspace. I just cannot tell you enough. I can't tell you enough how much peace it can bring to you even when it doesn't feel like it does. Even when it feels like you got zero money in the bank, you feel like everything's going against you, you can always change it around with the way that you're thinking about it. And that's the only control you got It anyway. You can't control anything beyond you. You can't control your husband, your partner, your children, your fur babies. You can't control your job or the weather or traffic or um, the hurricanes. You can't control cancer. You can't control, well, I don't know, that's a conversation again for another day within yourself, but you see where I'm going with that, Okay. So the more you can can practice giving up control, the better off you're going to be because you get to go with the flow of the universe, but the flow of this existence and everybody else you're bumping around in when it comes to this coexistence, okay? So um, all of that, just to tell you that I am, I'm incredibly excited. It's, it's, it's really, um, it's very goosebumpy to be able to tell you that that's really kind of how I live my life. I love that, that it's about flow. It's about, okay, we'll just see where this goes. And I I have faith that it'll work out. Um, I love that. And I love that you are here a part of it. I love that you get to watch my hard work via your funding turn into something through a party, through a sale, through an event, through a get together, through a class, through a one-to-one, through a potential book, through a potential blog. I don't know. I don't know, you know, but I'm open. I'm open for sure. So I really hope that you got something from today. You know, like we talked about, really just start being more aware of your thoughts. Do that monkey mind challenge and listen to that inner dialogue over a weekend or two day period and really pay attention. Do some journaling on it. Do some meditation on it. Whatever you gotta do for your modality. Okay? Um, Because everybody's different, right? Everybody's different. Some of the things I say might really, really resonate with you and some of the things I say you might be like, never gonna happen, Rachel. That's okay. Somebody out there is already doing it a way that you would like to or will be very shortly or you're gonna find it yourself and pioneer the way anyway. So don't think for a second that you're alone because it will work itself out. It always has, has it not? 100% of the things that you didn't think you could survive, you have so far. I love that phrase. I've never said it twice today. All right, so. Um If you did get something from this, it'd be really cool if you screenshot it and sent it to me, put it in your story and tag me. I just flung a piece of paper and it literally went all the way across the room and under a chair. That was bomb. Can't see that on the podcast. All right. So as we wrap up, we'll be back next week. I don't know what we're going to be talking about, but it should be pretty good. And if you've got a topic that you'd like for me to cover, let me know as well. Um, I really don't have anything else for you except 55555. That's the time was on the recording. It is a time of year where, in addition to staying happy and healthy and washing your hands, okay, it's flu season, okay, uh, you can talk a little bit more to your therapist, talk a little bit more with your life coach, talk a little bit more with your girlfriends, move your body a little bit more, do some yoga, do some deep breathing, do some journaling, eat some better food, eat drink a lot more water, whatever, whatever, just to make sure you're staying a little bit better in this holiday season, okay? So, that's all I got for you, really. Um, I just feel like I'm tired of talking. I'm gonna like, stop talking. Okay so we'll say happy healthy and bye-bye. bye bye bye